Knifers, only a few of these beauties left. <laughs> Say hello to the non-stick Razor Steel Samurai Stabmaster 2200. You want primo slicing action? Look at what this baby does to balloons. Huh? You always have trouble cutting through flan, don't you, Jimmy? Yeah, yeah. Not a problem. Uh -huh. This thing literally cuts through warm butter like it's warm butter. Oh, that's that's great. That's, well, that's fantastic. Thank you, Will. You, you're done? Oh, not even close. Oh. Let's bring out my guest who has some more stuff to slice. Ryan, Ooh. let's get to chopping, huh? Cookie dough. <laughs> Cotton candy. <laughs> chocolate milk. You always <laughs> got to slice chocolate milk. How many? Potato chips, gone. How many of these? Um, Tapioca you, pudding. Do you have how many? Cottage cheese. <laughs> I think we should probably wrap it up because, well. Applesauce. If, if you could wrap it up, because I don't really think, feel like you're selling any. I don't feel like you're actually selling Ow! any. Oh. 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 What, you're all right? Oh. Everything's your problem, Jimmy. I, it's not my fault. I didn't do this. Oh, I got Your energy it. did this. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's deep. It's deep, too. You want to see that? It's, it's God, clean that's deep. That's a beautiful it's cut, clean. though. Yeah. That is it's beautiful. a beautiful cut. you by the Soundcasting Network. I am uh, one of the hosts of this podcast. My name is going to be Bobby Stills. In studio with me, sir. Hi, it's me. What's your name? My, I'm Eric. 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 I'm that Eric. Guy. What? Rivera. Eric Rivera. The guy with the, the clown hair. The man, the myth. <laughs> right? Uh, what's up, dude? Keith, you're what here. What up, man? What, what do you want to title yourself today? What would you um, like to be referred to as? Uh, the uh, Prince of Parmesan is a nice one. I'm, I'm very fond of that. Mm. The Regent of Rigatoni is also... That, that was kind of... Th now, now, they've also added the Emperor of Elote. That's but, pretty good. I like that one. That's not bad either. Here's but the, you know what? I, I like the risotto, the, the risotto kid is my favorite. Yeah, because, like, you know, let's face it. If I can't figure out what to do, I'm just going to make risotto. He's going to stir some shit that, up. That's what he always... He just always just go to, you yeah, know, risotto. I like that. Just risotto fire. is like... Dude, a good risotto is the best shit in the world. Enough about uh, risotto. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be uh, chatting about a couple different things today. We're going to talk about the volume at restaurants. And Eric had to correct me because uh, when I said volume, and that can mean many, many different things. Yeah, like but we're, people. We're talking about the decibel level. Yes. You know, and I'm a friend of base, so I don't hardly have a problem. We're also going to be talking about knives in general, knife skills. Keith decided, you know, it was time to, you know, every time I look at him, I want to fucking stab him in his face. Oh. Yeah, Just make sure your knife is sharp. Hey! He won't even know he's cut <laughs> until he's dead already. Um, Eric, what's going on with you? Uh, you know, just busy. Had a busy weekend. Had a busy week. All that stuff just kind of all lumps into one, which is good. So, yeah, just... 
Yeah, back, back into it starting tomorrow. I went and visited Eric out at his, uh, just stopped by, just yeah. dropped in. It was cool. Got to see Amy, Chef Amy there. Uh, Eric tried to feed me all the fat kid things. Those uh, mushrooms were fire. Thank you. Uh, got to play with his uh, fire stick. Flamethrower. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's, is that what you call it these days? No, it's, that's what it's, it's that, not a flamethrower. But yeah, it's from a boring company. It's actual yeah, flamethrower. It's pretty out, fun. Shout out Elon Musk. I was quite excited. I felt like a fucking like six-year-old or seven-year-old yeah. playing with like a lighter. Yeah. You know, but a giant one. That's why I like it. It was really, really fun. It's like my stress reliever. I know that's really extreme to be a stress reliever, but, you know, some people have to go work out. Some people have to go, like, do yoga and shit. I'm like, just five clicks on that <laughs> flamethrower and I'm, I'm set. Um, I saw you on Instagram. You were uh, toasting marshmallows with that thing. Amy made a uh, marshmallow. I put it, I spread it out on a big log and then I torched it with it because <laughs> it was, it was for a course uh, from the 2050s. So it's like kind of in the year 2000. Yeah. Yeah. That's my, I used to love that shit on Conan. Um, and so (laughs) we, uh, wanted to be like apocalyptic times around 2050. So that's where I was like, yeah, I'll grab my flamethrower and I'll be ready for the apocalypse. Now explain to me, Eric also showed me his, I asked him, I said, Eric, what are you, you know, what are you serving tonight? What's going on? He said, it's off menu night or off off Mm -hmm. menu night. Mm -hmm. And he goes, this is what I'm serving tonight. And he shows me one, one sheet of paper and it's uh what, 25 courses that one the first one i showed you was 20 oh, yeah he showed me one and i was like yeah. oh great man good looking menu that should be fun cool that's awesome and then he goes oh no and then this yeah what and then this so three different menus mm-hmm. each with uh, up to 20 courses yeah each party gets a different menu because they choose <laughs> uh two categories per person out of Sorted. like 20 categories uh, the categories go, you know, salty, umami, acid, bitter, Korea, Japan, 2050s, 1900s, all all over the place. Yeah. All right. And so then they pick those two categories. And then if they're in a party of two, they get four categories over 20 courses. If there's eight people in a group, then do the math. There it is. Um, so the more people in a group get to see more categories or they can buy more categories or they can buy more courses. So you can get really kind of crazy before you know so it. So here's my question about <laughs> yeah. something like that. Like this is all ticket sales, right? Yes. So how far out do you actually have those booked? Uh, it depends. I mean, sometimes a couple days before, sometimes. So does you know, having the ticket sold allow you to provision appropriately? Absolutely. That's the only reason we can do it. Okay, because that sounds like a shitload of stuff. Like anytime you've got that many menu, <laughs> and have it on deck. Items. Well, and that's what I, that's what I'm wondering. Like, how, what's your process for something like that? Um, it's it's. I have a very. I don't know. I have a very unique process where I, I I try not to think about it too far ahead because then I'll really obsess over it and then it starts to feel very forced. So when I'm looking at a menu like that, like off menu, I want it to be kind of crazy. The idea and the, the the idea of off menu is if you came into my restaurant tonight, what could I give you as a like guest of mine, meaning like a VIP person or a soigne person cooking things that you would normally wouldn't see that would be on a regular menu. So if somebody's ordering something off the Italy menu, you're not just going to give them some basic bullshit. You're going to be like, hey, here's this really amped up version of this. And that's the whole thing and idea of the menu. This is the only menu I've ever given people a choice of a category. So... The rest of the time, it's just me going like, here's the theme. You do this. Yeah, well, that's what I was. I mean, that's what I was thinking when I looked at your menu. I was just like, you know, usually when you go to a coursed out meal, mm-hmm. it's it's set. Yeah, this, this is not. This that's, is, that's why I want to make it different. That's yeah. why it has to be different. So once you start to get to a higher price point on stuff, 
then people start comparing you to whatever else. And that's my thing that I, I want to see what everybody else is doing to a point and not on a Seattle level. It's on a larger level. Yeah. So that way people will fly out here. People will make the trip. People will spend the money. I mean, you go to some other cities you don't see, you know, you might not see stuff like that. You do a multiple different yeah. types on of purpose. tasting courses. On purpose. Everything's tasting know. menus. Because yeah, so. there's a lot of people, do, they do something uh, pretty creative at right. some, some other restaurants, but you do like many, many different things. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole point. I mean, I think that's, at the end of the day, I don't want to be just somebody goes, oh yeah, the tasting menu at so-and-so. And I was like, no, we, we're a little bit more evolved because we move people even around the dining room. We move... You know, get up. And yeah, we move. we move them around. I mean, even sitting down, standing up, um, sitting on the couch, like everything. Um, All know. right. So like and, and that's a really cool concept. And that's part of the reason like that you've got a lot of tension is you're mm. really doing different stuff. Right. So my question is, from your own perspective, how much of that is hit or miss? Like how like what would you just what percentage of it doesn't work? Yeah, yeah. Some of it doesn't work when, so I'll just give you a really good example of this menu has been the most trying one that I've ever done because people want to have the choice finally. And so they think they're making good choices. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you see that people, Yeah, uh, you know, it's, um, it's your fault. The problem when they make their own choices is they go, I just did it. I, I bought this 20 course tasting menu and now I want to show off and buy an extra five courses. Yeah. So when they come in and they're buying 25 courses, I'm like, you don't uh, even know what you're getting uh, into. Uh, if you've can never, you finish your if you've courses? never been to my restaurant for one of those bigger tasting menus, I crush people on purpose. Yeah. So when somebody goes, I want an extra five courses, I'm like, you have no idea what you're getting into because I want it to be extreme. It has to be extreme on that level. Because it can't be the regular one by everything tasting menu. Yeah. You know, there has to be a point where I'm like, there's give and take and I want to challenge you as a diner. Um, and that's what makes it different completely. So sometimes, you know, we've had two guests that just like were not into it. This off menu thing. Everybody else that's come to it have been really, really. What into did they it. want? I mean, what did they? Um, not get they were out like, the, you know, they were. They didn't understand. Like, I build some of the courses in the menu so that way they can have it the next day as a leftover. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like but, purposely making something that's going to reheat well, yeah. and I'm like, you don't need to eat all that. You yeah. can make that tomorrow for. You can use that tomorrow for like lunch. Put a fucking egg on it. You're fine. Yeah. So they didn't quite understand that. They've never been in. So, I mean, there's only so much I can say while I'm also doing other tables and other people and other things. It's it's a very different... This These Saturday night menus that I do, they're very, very different. This is me like going into like a weird space and going like, I wonder how far we can take this before people can tell us to go fuck ourselves <laughs> or how far they can take it before they're like, I've never seen anything like this. I'll never see anything like this. And I don't know what this was and I like it and I'll come back to something else. So how much of that is the food and how much of that is the experience? Everything. It's all, it's all, it's all part of it. I mean, look, I, on a, on a level of the food I think is good. I think it tastes good. It doesn't have the blow your mind type. I, I think some of it super is super crazy. Some of it is. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's, you're, you're using, I mean, it, you're not using any, any super special ingredients. I mean, all the stuff that you cook there are, are available to every chef in the some city, right? Stuff is. Yeah. I mean, some stuff is, but then you're talking about like layering stuff in and curing yeah. and, you know, fermenting and doing all things. this other crazy shit. And people are getting flavors that they aren't getting anywhere else, yeah. you know, and that's my biggest thing where I want to go, Oh, so, you know, you've had this preparation of lobster before, but here's another version of it. It's not like I'm creating something new. I'm taking it and I'm amping it up somehow. And they're like, this is fucking insane. And that's what I want. 
That's what I want with some everything. Some people just don't get it, though. I don't need everybody to get yeah. it. It's you can't. It's have, too much for some people. You know, some people like Britney Spears. Some people like Tchaikovsky. You What's know, not some to like people. About Britney you know, Spears, and I that's mean, just that's just know? how it goes, right? Some yeah. people can go to an art gallery and go, I don't understand this, and some people can go like, this is the most fucking brilliant shit I've ever seen in my life. And so that's, I, I'm not trying to say like I'm creating art or yeah. I'm creating anything else like that. You but are. On a presence of food, that's what I want it to be. I don't, I'm not creating it for the, for them. I'm creating it for me. Like uh, that, on right. the Saturday night menus, the flagship menus. Yeah. Those are mine. Those are like my fucking babies. You've also been, you've been fucking making your own, uh, posters and stuff, right? Yeah. I just, those, those are looking good. I want to, I want to say congratulations. I appreciate and, that. Uh, those, you don't need to pay anybody else to do that. Those look I, really it, good. It's been something that I have a hard time taking visuals in my head and putting them out somewhere. I'm just not that type of person. I'm not. This, they look really good. I thank you. Um, and <laughs> oh, so I've, I've been, I don't know. I just try and uh, I figured out a way and I found something. I found an app and I found another app that, so I, you know, use them both together. And so it's, it's actually been helping me out kind of. So like what, what it, two apps are they? Um, it's a really cool one. It's called Canva. Dope. Uh, and then I have Snapseed on my phone, which is post-processing. It's from Google. It just, I mean, it just helps. Like you tell me, you've told me about these dinners, you've told me about these things you have coming up, but it really, really, really helps with a visual. Yeah. I, and and that's, it's not, it's not super crazy no, stuff. No, it really is It helps. It, it helps. really helps. It's something that I haven't been able to do for a long time. And I think the biggest part of it now is having a three-year lease. And being able to plan out things a little bit further. So I'm able to plan out like, you know, Cajun night that's going to happen six more times this year. Yeah. And I'm able to go dial it in and go, what are we doing for this? How can we make it better than each time? Or how can we change it each time? And what do I need to show as a visual? And what I looked at was something like, you know, concert posters back in the day that were really cool. And that's really what I want to do is make these things seem like concert posters where people can take them. And I even want to print them out and like hand them to people when they come in. So they Sign can, them, autograph them. I don't know. Ahead, I mean, Eric, if they want, you know sure. But yeah. I think I want them to have, I have guests that would, limited runs. that I know would want something like that. Yeah. You know, they can come into all the flagship menus and they'll have four posters that are theirs and they can keep them. I don't hand out menus. Nobody gets a yeah, menu. That's right. So if they can have the poster, then that's cool. Because I'm, I'm, I steal poster. I mean, right. I steal, I steal menus every right. nice dinner I go to. Yeah. So it's like a concert, right? If you go yeah. watch Pearl Jam, they're not going to give you a fucking set list unless you grab the one they throw out into the crowd. But they'll, get, you know, you can buy a poster. I'm not going to probably charge people for the poster. I actually was. Uh, I. That's funny you brought that up. I was just hanging out with uh, their lead caterer. Hello to Josh. I don't think he listens to the show because I just met him, but he's friends with my friends. But he's the he goes on tour with uh with Pearl Jam. That's cool. I also met one of uh, Bill Gates's little chef. There's a like a six person yeah. chef squad over there yeah. across the water. Those, those guys are had legit. spoke spoke with them about his his things. Pretty interesting. I'm gonna try to get him on the show. It's very interesting. Just met just met these guys. You know, just chatted with them, and you know, chefs are always. That's you know, cool. You can spot a chef. You can hear him yeah. talk. The way they talk is yeah. just like you know, sitting in a bar. You hear him speak up, and I like, like oh, that. where do you work at? What do you do? And then nobody really tries to flex and says like, oh, I'm I'm the lead caterer for Pearl Jam, or I'm yeah. a chef. It, you kind of get into it once they you feel each other out, and you realize kind of you know you're not some shitty ass uh, trying to get some stuff out of them. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, Congratulations, Eric. Thanks, man. Coming along. And I appreciate I, it. I, I'm looking forward to see what the space, uh, what that space does for you. Yeah, thanks. Okay. Uh, you also bought a new toy at your uh, restaurant. It pumps out uh, sound into yeah. your dining area and your yes. kitchen. So yes. I, I saw this uh, article, not really an article, but a uh, podcast slash uh, radio program coming out of WBR. 
WBUR 90.9 in Boston, Massachusetts. And uh, it's, it's like a 10 minute little uh, episode, but it's a, a Washington Post uh, food critic asked the question, uh, are restaurants getting too loud? What is your short answer? I, I feel like it depends on the experience. You know, that's kind of where I bought this brand new speaker. It's super loud. Um, <laughs> it's it, a monitor. It's it's a monitor. It's yeah, not really a speaker. It's, it's thirteen hundred watt. Yeah, speaker. <laughs> you uh, can throw a rave in there now. It's it's great. I need to get another one just so we can do that too. <laughs> rave nights. Um, but it's really cool um, because I always wanted the speakers that came with the place. I want to replace them, but it'd be it cost a lot more than that one speaker. Yeah. Um, plus, this is directional to where people are. We do salsa nights and I'm working on like a flamenco night. I'm working on some other stuff too. So I wanted to have something that sounded cool um, and felt more like dancey, less like restaurant from top down. Yeah. Uh, more in their face a little bit, which is cool. Um, but it depends, you know, on what the experience is. Um, I play music all the way throughout all of our experiences. So you're never not, it's never going to be a dead silent room. Yeah. Um, I've found that there's a lot of awkwardness in between dishes or courses or things or, you know, just movement of a, of a, of dinner overnight. Um, so I just like to kind of keep something going a little bit more energetic. Um, it just depends on what it is. Well, I mean, a couple points they bring up in the, the story is that, you know, restaurants are being designed differently. Yeah. And they're much more open spaces. For sure. And so it's not necessarily that restaurants are getting louder, but the design of restaurants are getting louder. Yeah. There's not, you know, drapery on the, you know, some of those high end restaurants used to be super elegant, heavy tablecloths, heavy chairs, you know, and now soundproofing. Yeah, exactly. But now it's like, uh, you know, multiple, like quickly fabricated spaces that are empty and they're they're ready for your restaurant to fail to bring a new one in. Absolutely. So nothing's like super permanently there. Right. And so the sound really, really doesn't get soaked up in those rooms. It really bounces. Right. It echoes a lot. And, you know, a lot of it has to do with, you know, on a Seattle level, it's the growth of the city. So a lot of these developers are going, coming in and they're going, here's my 10 floor, 10 story housing, 40 different apartments. Uh, bottom's going to have retail. There's going to be a restaurant. There's going to be whatever else. All of that's already pretty much picked out, yeah. you know, along the way. I mean, I'm looking at three different spaces this, this in the next couple of weeks too, uh, for some different projects I want. Um, and so, it's it's very different. These are all pre-existing places. I'm basically buying used car, <laughs> yeah. you know. So I'm walking and going. How important yeah, is it it's, for it's me? It's not to, a raw space, right? No, um, some of them are. Yeah. But how important is it for me to be like, okay, now we're a completely soundproofed up and down. You know, it needs to be perfect right off the bat. Uh, you know, if we're gonna spend. I've seen I've quotes for twenty thirty thousand dollars for soundproofing and sound engineering in a space, and I'm like, that's not important. You know, if you're into a restaurant that it needs to be dead silent or needs to be whatever else. Those places exist. They do. Um, You know, private. They they are, but there's also, you know, those dead silent restaurants that have something like, you know, the the piano at Canlis is iconic. People talk about it all the time. Um, Does it mean that it's dead silent and weird? I mean, for at Alinea for the first few years, when I was there, we never played music. It, it was quiet in the dining room. Nothing. It was quiet, completely quiet. And now over time, it's evolved to having, you know, chefs doing, you know, smoke and fire and music and, you know, everything synchronized and all these kinds of things. So there's an evolution to all that kind of stuff. You know, if I'm in a place, so when I was the executive chef at Tallulah's uh, for a little while, um, that was all concrete floors. 
And there was no soundproofing, no nothing. So when you had a half full dining room or a full dining room, it was so fucking loud in there. You could barely <laughs> yeah. hear anything. It's just because it wasn't, nobody thought about that part, yeah. I think, when they were designing it. Um, and, and people would complain. They're like, I don't want to sit inside. I want to sit outside because actually, I, I, actually I, like, I talk to somebody. I will uh, vouch for that. I do not like sitting inside to this. Yeah, it's, it's brutal. It just feels, it's just not co- it's a brutal. comforting space. Right. And so it looks cool on fucking Instagram, but you know, the reality of it was people were complaining left and right. Like I can't hear anything. No, I think that's what we talked about on the show that I think that that's one of the reasons we think that Linda Dershang you know, got rid of that place is that she'd built it to be, she wanted it to be an old kind of yeah. comforting space. And it just, it wasn't just wasn't that type of space. And I think it was more of like this modern style set where everybody's pouring concrete. They're not going to put treatments on the floor yeah. or treatments on the ceiling and spend the extra 20, 20 to 50 to a hundred thousand dollars quickly just to, you know, finish it off stuff. So, yeah. Um, and then also music. Yeah. You know, I find that there's, there's some places I don't necessarily, that's the problem with some of the chefs here in town too, is they don't address that. They, mm-hmm. they kind of address what's going on in the back yeah, and not what's going on in the front. And they leave it up to like a bartender no. or a, even a hostess or Absolutely something like not. that. And they let them pick what type of music is being played. And then the volume level. I mean, I've had to walk out of the kitchen numerous times and go, Hey, can you turn that f- fucking shit off? That is fucking terrible. Nobody wants to listen to that yeah. while they're fucking eating their food. Second, it's way too fuck. I can't even hear my expediter calling tickets to right. me because your music is pumping through the fucking window. You know? Yeah. It depends. So, I mean, look, I'm probably the extreme example of this, but it depends on what experience we're trying to do. Yeah. Sometimes I will drive the music where people can't hear each other. Sometimes yeah. I'll drive it and it's like mid range so I can go, okay, these people are going to talk or I'm going to go talk to tables a bunch or whatever else. How much do you adjust during service? A couple times. And do you adjust if somebody complains? Sometimes. Sometimes. Depends on who it is and what it is. I know what's there, going on. I know there's people here. That, I mean, I know there's specific restaurants here that they, they're restaurants that they, they don't want it to where it's not a sit down quiet. Yeah. They want it live in there. And if somebody asks them to turn it down, they'll say no. Yeah. I mean, so that, that's a thing. I mean, if it's one person that complains out of 20 people that are in the dining <laughs> yeah. room, then you're like, you know, maybe I'll just scooch it down just for one or two songs scooch and then see if they <laughs> notice if I turn it back up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it, because that's, that's, again, there's 20 other people in the dining room that frankly don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, so whatever. A couple notes before we end, uh, this little section of section, our, uh, section of our uh, podcast. Segment. Uh, uh, he wanted to say that there's a, there's a downside sometimes to dining, uh, in a loud area. Uh, it can elevate your blood pressure. <laughs> it can <laughs> fucking steakhouse. Take uh, your Lipitor. You'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> it can intensify the effects of alcohol. That's fun. He also said uh, it causes nausea in some people when spaces are too loud. People also eat faster in noisy spaces. You know, it just it goes it with the sense. music, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. And then uh, he said that uh, he, they've noticed that some people are coming to restaurants with earplugs now. I would love. Why would you go to that restaurant if you need earplugs? Yeah, maybe the food is so fire. I mean, that's what you have like caviar, Grubhub, or any that kind of shit. Like use that. Yeah, (laughs) you sit in your dead silent house listening to ASMR, like nail clapping or something like that. Do you watch that shit? No. Why would I watch that shit? That's fucking like serial killer shit. It is serial killer shit, man. Yeah. And I if del- Ted Bundy was still I, around, I he would be like that. watching that shit. Ooh, I delved into that Netflix series. Yeah, I don't. Uh, Ted, my I don't, only I don't my only no problem is shit. how they make him seem like just this 
bigger than whoever kind of thing. And I'm no, like, like he killed thing. a bunch of people. And no, he's but that's a piece just, of shit. But I'm like, he on. was. But that was his personality. And yeah. That's why he was so charming. And that's why he got away with it because he was that kind of. He had crazy thing. eyes the entire he's time. He had insane. psycho eyes. Yeah. yeah, psycho eyes maybe, I but know. like he's very charming, convincing motherfucker. Smart, smart guy. Smart guy. I wonder if he used knives, guys. Ah. Hey. hey! Segway of the Segway. day. So yeah, we're gonna talk about some knife skills, some basic knife skills for maybe some younger, younger chefs, younger chefs, younger that, cooks, younger cooks. One that ones that are you know because you learn uh, in culinary school they teach you all sorts of shit. Yes, they do. A lot of those you're not gonna use. Probably not. You know. Um, and then also maybe some home cooks that listen to the show. Yeah, I, think, I believe so. Keith wanted yeah. to, well, Keith, why don't you lead us off since yeah. you wanted to talk about this today? I just think that like knife skills are the, the most underappreciated aspect of cooking for most people because I don't think people understand whether home or working on the line that the better your knife skills are, the better everything else is going to go. It's just, it's just facts. Like yeah. the faster you can get your prep done, the better your cuts are, the more precise your cuts are. Everything's the same size. It all cooks the same way. I, I agree with you a hundred percent because, and I don't, sometimes I feel like I'm being a dick, but when I ask somebody Julian, some, some Julian, something, I just think that's a, like a, a normal thing that people should know how to do. If you're call yourself a home cook or you're a foodie. Uh, what they say, I, I I don't think that's asking too much to know somebody. But when someone I'm like cooking with somebody or have helping somebody out, and I cook with my friends all the time, and I ask them, and like we were talking about, they don't know how to properly dice an onion. Yeah, yeah. I just I I got away from naming the cuts to just demoing a cut, and I'm like, I want it like this. Now you're teaching. This comes on a good time because mm-hmm. Eric is uh, actually teaching a knife skills class. Yeah, we do. Up, right? It always sells out. It's crazy. What do you? Like, how do? How do you? Appro- how do you approach it? So talking about knives in general, what they're hoping to get out of the class, I have them bring in the knives that they are using at home. And then you just like, here's a trash can. Just throw. Not at all. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's literally going like, what do you want to get out of this? Well, I want to learn how to use my knives. Okay, cool. What kind of knives do you have? Okay, great. You know, if you tell somebody, Hey, I'm, I want to be a good race car driver and somebody brings a Prius and somebody drives a Ferrari, that doesn't mean the person that had drives a Ferrari knows how to drive it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's kind of yeah. where I'm going with the class. Yeah, it's it's going like, bring your knife, the one you're comfortable with. Let's talk about its limitations. Let's talk about things you can do with it. And then let's talk about the options you have available to you. And those options are usually my entire deck of knives where I'm like, now look at this. Now look at that. And is this comfortable for you? Because, you know, a lot of people don't um, get fitted for a knife or don't think about it. They just go by brand name. And so you, a lot of people go, oh, I'm going to get a chef's knife. I better get a shoon. And I'm like, don't. Those are garbage. Well, you don't get to test drive a knife. A lot of t- You can. Yeah, so you if you go to Sir La Tab, they yeah. have a cutting board. Yeah. They have the thing. If you go to some other places like the kitchen knife store or whatever in Pike Place and they have like those kinds of things. But a lot of people don't necessarily have that time. Yeah. They just want to be told like, what should I get? Right. And so then you're like, okay, so what styles of things are you doing at home? How often are you cooking? So then you start talking about materials of knives. So stainless steel, and then your Damascus, and then your carbon, carbon steel, and then your all this other kind of stuff. And then you go, here's what, what makes them cool. Here's what makes them really expensive really quickly. Here's how you can get your you know $90 chef knife all the way up to, here's a Bob Kramer one that just went on auction for $40,000. And they go, what? And I'm like, Yes. So just like anything else, you can spend as much as you like, but is it really what you need? So then we go into basic cuts. 
So what you're talking about is going like Julienne. If I say Julienne to a lot of people, they're like, oh, that's my cousin's name. And so I try to get away from jargon talk and I go, can you cut this little matchstick? And I'll show them, here's how you cut this. Okay, cool. You know how to cut a French fry. And I will literally put a potato in front of people and go, cut me a French fry. And they're like, I don't know. And so you'll see like every, like six people lined up and they're all trying to cut a French fry. (laughs) And I'm just like, I'll draw the you know, thing and be like, you got to get as many French fries out of this one potato as you can. So it's a challenge. It's a challenge because then I break it down for them and I go, you have to look at the cuts before you have to visualize this. Then you have to look at your easiest point of entry all the way around and make it efficient for yourself. Well, I think one major stumbling point for a lot of people with cutting vegetables is not understanding that at least in the restaurant business, we expect a certain amount of waste. Absolutely. We expect, and it's not even really waste because a lot of times we'll just take all that shit, we'll put it in a pot and we'll make stock out of it. Yep. Stock or mashed potatoes or whatever. It's not like you've got to have, you know, you've got to use every scrap of that potato. No, you're going to cut that fucker into a square right? so that you can actually sit there and divide it up and, you know, do the... Breaking down by halves or whatever you want to call it. Right. And then it's, it's a, a, the big, I think there's a bigger part of that too. It's a lot of people are recipe hunters. Um, so they believe that they need to have a recipe to do something like cook dinner tonight. And so they spend hours looking for the perfect sounding recipe by the perfect sounding person that can have, you know, a six paragraph intro to just make a guacamole <laughs> um, with a really cool top down picture on their great, amazing table. Um, but what the people don't understand is it's just it all for cooking. It all goes back to methods, you know, yeah, saute, grill, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, if you understand those basic things and anything else you do is really easy, Yeah, which is the craziest thing. They, so, I start to show them, just do it like this, just do it like this. And they're like, oh, OK. So my question is, when you're online, how many knives are you working with? Two. Two. What kinds? Uh, I have a big long slicing knife, and then I have my Kramer. And how long? And it's a ten and a half inch. Ten and a half inch Kramer. You do almost everything, including like pairing and other stuff that most people might not think that you would do with that Mm -hmm. knife. With that knife, correct. Um, just when I'm online, ready to ready to go for the night, right? I can, and it's they're both like insanely sharp that I can do anything I want. I do have all of the other knives that are there. It's literally right right behind the line. Um, so if I do need something specific and small, a little bit more detailed, then I can grab my petty knife. I can grab my paring knife. I can, you know, I can go. I have a human bone saw as well. So then I have all these little specialty kind of things, and I show them, hey, you know, as a professional, here's why I need this knife, this knife, this dice, this knife as a Consumer, you know that 12-piece kitchen fucking box set of bullshit you bought that was yeah. way too much money from Hankel's or whatever? You really didn't need to spend that much money. All you needed to buy was like two or three knives. I've literally got two knives at home that I use. One's That's, a little petty and one's a like exactly, eight-inch bunker. Exactly. Uh, I, t- I talked to them. The biggest part about it is efficiency. And this was one thing that a lot of people don't understand. So efficiency with a slice. So if I have a seven-inch Santoku and I have a 10 and a half inch uh, chef's knife, I show them how many extra cuts they have to make up for to get the single slice from a, a 10 and a half inch knife. So if I line up six carrots, I can slice them with one slice of my thing. If I have to no. do my Santoku, I have to yeah. do that twice. Yeah. So that's two times each time to get through yeah. the entire batch. Yeah. And I'm, I always tell people, get the largest knife that you feel comfortable with handling. It's not a 14 inch. I see some motherfuckers with sabers in the kitchen. It's before. nothing. Yeah. It's, yeah. And, and, and that's another thing too. And I'll go down They're that. Good. They're quick I'll, with I'll it. I'll go down that path shortly. Um, so that's another thing about it. It's usually, I would say, you know, anyone, 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 uh, 10 and a half inch, you know, kind of that chef style knife. I would say like that 
Kramer style is like prototypical. Yeah. It's got enough weight to it. It's whatever the range in price from your ones at Sorlar Top from three to four hundred bucks all the way to forty thousand, fifty thousand dollars. That's kind of what I kind of guide them towards to go, hey, here's where you go with this stuff. All of those little tools and gadgets and all that kind of shit, throw it away. You don't need them. The Murray Kondo, that kind of shit, yeah. and be streamlined. Um, Do you support any of those tools? Any of those? None, man. None. No, man. Nothing. Not I the like avocado slicer, 0%, the pitter. Zero percent. None of that. I can show them all how to do that with a knife. You know, I even have like a whole set of garde manger, like those little <laughs> fucking make little radish yeah. bambies and all this kind of stuff. Like Ternay knives. Yeah, I have a, I have a whole set of those. Um, and but it's it's again, I'm a professional chef, so yeah. at the end of the day, I'm supposed to kind of have stuff like that. There's things that I tell people. I was like, the most important thing you can ever have is a sharp knife in your mm. kitchen. And if it's not that sharp, I tell them to bring me their knives because then I assess how sharp they think their knives are. And they're like, I just sharpened it. And I like touch it. And I'm like, this couldn't even cut this fucking anything, you know? And then I show them mine and they're like, oh, that's a different level. And I'm like, yes. And here's why. So then I give them my knife and I have them use it and they get to see like, holy shit, this is how it's supposed to feel. This is how it's supposed to feel. How often do they cut this? Zero percent. I show them how to hold the knife. (laughs) I show them how to be. The biggest thing about knife skills is being fucking confident and repetition. The more and more confident you are and the more repetition you can get in. When I was in culinary school and I first started to get into that whole thing, I would go home. I would go to the grocery store. I'd go get a 50 pound bag of t- uh, potatoes, potatoes from like cash and carry what, or whatever what I had to do. and onions and Shop all this other shit stuff. The fuck up, and man. I would literally just sit there and, and go, go crazy on yeah. it. You know, why, why wasn't my, you know, uh, French onion soup, right? Oh, because you cut it like an asshole. You were cutting it like you were cutting it for a fucking stock. You were like yeah. closing your eyes and you're being a dickhead. <laughs> if you would have cut that shit a lot more, even it would have came out nice and you could have, you know, you know, this is all stuff I was saying. Well, it's, head, I mean, it's, right? but it's also, it's also that, that a lot of people don't, like you just said, you didn't know right. what what cut you should use exactly. for what you're cooking. Exactly. And so that's another important part that comes into your knife skills too. It totally is. It's like, think about it this way. You're looking at a lot of stuff that's round or oblong or weird shaped. And then, you know, if you follow that French style of cooking, it's make it a perfect little square. The perfect. Yeah. And that's fine. But not everybody needs to do that because other cultures don't follow that and still make amazing it looks food. Pr- it looks pretty, but it it's, looks is it necessary for the dish absolutely. is what you need to ask yourself. Nine times out of 10, no. no. But when when you're cooking at home, is the efficiency worth it? And you knowing what to do around your knife worth it? Yeah. Absolutely. Fucking lutely. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing where people kind of miss out and they think they need gadgets and gizmos. Uh, you don't just learn how to use your knife. Okay. Let me, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to go over a couple different, uh, techniques and you give me the best pointer that you could pointer, uh, give to somebody, uh, maximizing sure. this style of cut. Yeah. Okay. So the slice. Yeah, just regular top-down slice. Yeah, regular top-down slice. Get a, get a knife uh, that has a rocking. So, like, a Santoku's not good for a nice slice. It is not. Yes. Um, something that has, like, a little rocking edge to it. And I usually go point down and rock towards me. Uh, I, I go down and rock towards me. I'm not slicing. Everybody likes to make a back-and-forth, like, they're sawing, sawing through shit, fucking, yeah. like, a log. Like, you don't need to do that. It's a, it's a point Point down and drop down, well, and that's even, all you got to do. And even if you are doing the, the the slicing, it should just be one nice stroke. It right really straight is. Through. Yeah, I was always I was always learned not to cut the um, cut whatever. Try to cut whatever vegetable or mm-hmm. piece of meat I'm cutting, but cut past it. 
Yeah. So and, I never tried. I never stop. It's just one goes yeah, straight through. And you're not trying to go back and saw through. No, it. exactly. And if you don't have something, so if you do use a paring knife and you're trying to cut an eggplant, <laughs> that's not a good yeah. pairing. That's, you know, <laughs> uh, but that's not a good thing to, to like try to do. You're trying to finesse the situation, but you're going to cause yourself a lot of problems because you can hurt yourself really quickly. Um, and I've cut myself. <laughs> yeah, I mean it happens. And with sharp knives, the crazy thing about sh- sharp knives is you'll barely you'll barely yeah. nick yourself, and you won't even know you're right. cut until you see the blood start to appear. Yeah, and or it's like when you get a mandolin, yeah. and you're going crazy oh, on gosh. it, and you get that little scrapey, <laughs> uh, you know, knuckle or that little finger or whatever. Oh, and man, that's you know that's exciting. Um, the next one, chopping. Oh, um, everybody that sees or watches TV or has this idea of what chopping is, please stop banging your knife on the board. So bad. Do not ever buy a bamboo cutting board. It is more dense than anything else, and it will make your knife not that sharp. Yeah. A good cutting board to buy is one that you can actually physically cut through. You always say that, but I don't. I don't agree with that because man. you want a soft cutting surface. Yeah, you yeah. want a soft cutting surface. Yeah. But I like I like a wood, a nice soft. Depends wood. on you're saying soft wood, but I'm also yeah. talking about like the contrast of that is bamboo. A lot yeah. of people go, I want it to look fucking rad, no. and I'm like, Mm-mm. it's not necessary. It's not necessary. You're cutting. You don't you're need to buy that it. big expensive booze block. Yeah. You don't need to do that um, because even Sweet if you do patterns. buy a booze block, you know what I have? I have a booze block in my apartment. Yeah. I put still put a cutting board on that. I never cut directly on it. Like it, there's no reason to. And it's it's yeah. think about if you're like cutting fish or anything else, you're getting all that stuff in the, in wood. the wood. It's fucking soaking gross. it up. Well, yeah, and that's another thing. You should always have separate cutting boards for your veg right. or so proteins anyway. People aren't gonna have that at home though. It, sometimes but, they don't. You know, yeah, I, I, but look, you know I, what? Like you got a nice big wood block, and I've got one. That's yeah, like if probably, they do, I use my wood for only vegetables. If yeah. they roll like that, then fine. But you and know, a lot a of times people one for yeah. for meat. People buy their uh, you know cutting boards at IKEA. I did that for years, and you know. Okay, so the chop, Eric. What do you? Yeah, what, don't what don't do you, go up and down and make a ton of fucking yeah, noise. Uh, yeah. Just really simple. I usually just hold the end of my the edge of my knife yeah. and my handle, and I rock, rock it out, it. Yeah, rock it out, exactly. really quickly. It's the same motion. Move the stuff. Um, next is the back slice. What the fuck is that? I think it's the like when, like when you <laughs> like um, like when you're cutting herbs. Slicing through. Oh, sure. Just make sure you again a super sharp knife because when you're cutting herbs, for as an example, a lot of people like muddle the herbs because yeah. they don't have a sharp they knife. They fucking mutilate and that's not them. Okay. Let's just be yeah. honest. Yeah. They fucking yeah, that's destroy what I, them. Yeah, that's what I wanted to bring up with with this cut, uh, with this style. I don't know why the fuck it's called a back slice. That's weird. I've never. Yeah. Yeah. My problem with this, this is like for fine things, really delicate, sure. delicate things, because you're not when if you were to use like like the tip it, or the back end of the knife is that we're talking the, about. The tip. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, um, but you're not going to chop this. You're not going to slice this. I mean, you can, you can slice. I slice sure. herbs. But um, you destroy them. You and, do. And a lot of the, the flavor um, ends up on your cutting board. Well, you muddle it. So if you take, yeah. like, chives or anything else like that exactly. and you bruise them, exactly. they'll taste yeah, really off. Them. Yeah. And that's not good. Yeah. Um, you know, if you don't believe you that's that the case. Fresh, you want that fresh yeah. taste in your if mouth. If you don't believe that's the case, then take you know, green onions or chives and mush them around in your fingers and then taste that or smell that. And it tastes completely different than if you have a clean slice. Um, so, so give that a try, but you know, again, on that level, it's, it's having something that's razor thin sharp. Um, that's going to help you out. I mean, there's like Japanese vegetable knives. I have one. It's razor thin sharp. I like them. Um, they're, it's cool. Super thin. It's Damascus. It's fucking beautiful. Um, but it's, yeah. Uh, the last one is the rock chop. Which you've mentioned yeah, a couple of times. Yeah, rock chop. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the thing. That's that's, what he was talking that's the about most. Earlier. 
I, I don't know when you're a prep cook. I was a prep cook <laughs> for a while in the beginning part of my year, I, that my career. And that's what I used a lot of. It was that it was going through and going like, shit, I have to get through this 50 pounds of this, 20 pounds of that, a hundred pounds of that. And, and you're blowing through it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, how do you feel about the two knife in one hand slapping it on the board thing? I, you know, there's ne- a lot never of seen that. there's a there's a gadget I saw. There's a knife that actually has like two blades on it, and it shows like somebody like rocking it for cutting parsley and shit. Um, there's people I've seen. There's there's chefs, well, cooks I've seen um, <laughs> that have <laughs> that have done that kind of shit, and I've seen them, and I'm like, why are you doing that? Like, and oh, I've always done it this way. I'm like, it's not. I'm not asking you because I want to find out. I'm I'm asking you so you can realize that you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm like trying to Jedi mind control. I, your ass I right know. Now. But they come back at you with like, oh, well, this is live. No, it's no, no, like no. Uh, I no, know that you're, I know that's I why know, you're doing it. That I know way. the history and origin of man, but I'm not asking you for that. I'm just trying to figure out like, you see, you see no, come on, stop that. Before I actually ever worked for a chef that had knife skills and who wanted to teach me that shit, I I did that. And like the first time somebody who actually knew what they were doing <laughs> saw me, he just put his hand on the top of my hand and said, don't, don't, don't ever do, do that don't again. Do that. Yeah. And walked off. And, and I was it's like, not even yes, about chef. like being somebody that's doing it differently. My biggest thing is you're going to fucking hurt yourself. And if you have two hand, two yeah. knives in your hand like that, like one can slip, and then you're going to try to catch it with your other hand. Then you're going to cut yourself twice, and <clears throat> then here we are. You know, so it's not even about like, oh, that's the odd person out. It's literally going safety. Um, because I tell this people all the time, I'm like, you can you can tell me that you can cut that in two minutes. Oh, chef, I can cut this. Shit. I'm like, but is it consistent? And did you hurt yourself? Okay, that's what that's what's my going to be my next point. Is it? I think. My biggest tip I could give to somebody trying to learn knife skills is getting everything uniform. Yeah. So making sure every single piece of whatever you're cutting looks the same because it, it doesn't matter if you're doing vegetables or you're filleting, uh, like cutting some uh, some fish up or some beef. It all needs to weigh the same, look the same, be that way it can all cook the same. Yeah. Right. Um, and so that's basically what, what Eric said. Go get some some potatoes. Yeah. Um, you can look up online many, many different There's tons sti- of people. St- styles of yeah. of uh, of cuts. But you just want them to all be uniform. It doesn't really matter what a, a, a large dice, medium dice, small dice, or a fine dice. Right. Any one of them will work for whatever the fuck you're cooking um, as long as they're all uniform. Yeah. And, you know, again, uh, another one is just holding... You know, holding your knife, how to hold it in both hands. You know, what's going to be your guide? Stiff. They are, and and a lot of people don't understand. They need to line up their body to the cut, and they can actually move their body around, not just have their knife. knife. They don't have to have the knife cross their body. You can move. You can take a step to the left or my, right my and move. Make, my friends make fun of me. I look. I mean, that's how I move when yeah, I'm cutting. You have to. I'll, I'll move my whole ass. You, you have to. This yeah. way. Yeah. And they're like, do you have to take up so much space? I need yeah, to walk I, behind well, you. Well, I get that. I mean, you're a little bit bigger. Yeah. I mean, I would probably tell you that. <laughs> yeah, if you're my I know, they're like, what the fuck are like, you doing? You're, you're kind you're of a big guy. all the I'm space. I'm tiny and you're, kind of uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> you're I mean, bent over your board and you're sticking out. Especially in Seattle, we have small, in our apartments, we have small prep areas. Sure. You know, and it's tough. To get around, you know, but um, yeah, I mean, move yeah, your body. That's a you good tip. Move too. your body. Yeah, just line yourself up, and you know, you can move with it a little bit as long as your hands are steady. You know, your your guiding hand, meaning your off knife hand, is steady, and then your knife hand is kind of moving with it. Uh, then you can kind of move around. I, I've, I've known some taller chefs. They're like six three, six five. I mean, they have to like 
bend all the way down because you know tables are standard height and so they're like you see them and it's just like like a big felon over candy cane uh and they're trying to like work this shit out yeah. you know and so it's like or you have shorter people that are like way up <laughs> yeah. they have to put their hands way up and so it's amy it's, it's not you know it's not ideal it's not ideal for a lot of people to be in a kitchen you know anyway so then I, that's why i was telling i was like i don't give a shit like you don't have to look a certain way if, if these work for you just have your hands set and then your other one with the knife that's going to do the damage like be confident with that most definitely i think that's going to take us to the end of uh episode uh 128 girl how long steak mister at least 12 cuts thank you um these shows seem to go by so fast now well, I think we've hit a good rhythm. We're having fun. I, I think we're, yeah, I think yeah. we're doing okay. Just, I know, but they just go so fast. People I mean, keep saying, like, people say that they're getting better, so yeah. I don't know what that, always. I mean, it could have been just. Always. It's, you? It's a little, no. I mean, they say. I think it was just like, no, I think we're clicking a little bit. Yes. Yeah, that's nice. Most definitely. Yeah. The flow is going. And I have made a concerted effort to not be as stoned. Oh, oh, that helps. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I, 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 I've noticed you talk telling more stories. I, well, yeah. you know what? Your criticism really, I took it to heart and I said, you know what? If I am going to smoke weed. He's not weed, so stoned. <laughs> he's like 20% stoned. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, no, what I do now is that I make sure I have what is called a Seattle speedball. What the fuck is that? Which is a, a, a little bit of cannabis and espresso. <laughs> I was like, I know together. what speed balls are, and that's you don't want to be fucking do with it, that. Let's do it. And then the Seattle, practice our knife skills. <laughs> the Seattle speed ball is a little bit uh, less hardcore. I was going to say, Jesus. Uh, if you guys want to hit us up on social media, it's going to be Grill How Long Steak Mister on Instagram and Facebook. On Twitter, it's going to be at How Long Steak Mister. Any questions, comments, critiques, uh, you can email us at Grill How Long Steak Mister. That's Mr. MR at gmail.com if you want to connect with me on uh, PlayStation, Facebook, or Instagram. It's going to be at Bobby Stills. I have, man, yeah, thanks for following me, you guys. Uh, I like, you know. See? I get, I get. Acknowledgement is good. Yeah. I mean, they, they, you know, they laugh at me, make jokes. It's all good. Laugh. Uh, They're still talking about you. I yeah, mean, that's I, good. And, and it's kind of cool because some of the chefs that uh, have listened to the podcast and I've connected with, we don't just sit around talking about food. Which has been nice. We've connected up like on fishing That's or cool. video games or music. And so, yeah, I'm a normal dude. Okay. Yeah. I'm not some crazy, super fancy chef like Eric. I'm a normal. I'm oh, one of you guys. Jesus. Okay. Oh, I'm the people's, God. you know, kind of chef. Okay. I just hide from people. That's <laughs> <laughs> On the outside. Unless you can find, I mean, Eric's, if you go into his restaurant, I've heard. I mean, I've had people that went to his restaurant. They're like, man, he comes out, he fucking chats, no, he talks. I like know? that. I like that's my like comfort space. It's like a stage. No, that's no, it's it, that's my happy place. That's your happy place. So I, if I didn't have a restaurant to work in, like I would literally just be. You would never hear from me. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah, it's like a it's a cool place because they're the common part of it is food, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the common part is, hey, you're there to have food, and I was like, I do food. Hey, you know, so if I had well, to do something different in that space, uh, I wouldn't be so comfortable, and I wouldn't want to go out and talk to him, and I wouldn't want to, you know. So it's a good place for me to be like, okay, cool, we have a, some sort of middle ground. And how. How do they come? Uh, how do they get into that middle ground? How can they reach you? Uh, Eric Rivera cooks on the uh, Instagrams, uh, on the Twitter, and yeah, Facebook. Sure, why not? Um, yeah, fuck Facebook. Yeah, LinkedIn. Fuck it. Why not? <laughs> uh, and then uh, Auto Seattle, ADDO Seattle, uh, Lechoncito Seattle on Instagram, um, Silver Restaurant on Instagram. There's a whole bunch of little hidden parts and pieces of things. You that sometimes I have mention them. Sometimes. Sometimes I so do. Sometimes I don't. Them. I feel like sometimes it, it's it, to explain everything that we're doing. I I know it in my head, 
but I talk to other people about it and I can just see them going, what the fuck are there, you talking some, about? But it's fun. Yeah, some of my friends have, you know, they since they started, since they've listened to the show for a while and since you've been on the show, they're like, what the fuck's up? What does this dude, what is going on? How come I've never heard of yeah. him? How come this? How come that? It's you fun. know, it's it's crazy stuff that he does. And I go, it's a lot, man. And I appreciate him make, still making time to come down here and yeah, record with me. I like it. I this is like my little it. therapy session. I like it. Good stuff. Uh, <laughs> Keith, do you want to tell them about the Soundcasting Network real quick? We do podcasts and media. You should hit us up <laughs> at Soundcasting Network on Instagram. Video, audio, digital, website, we got marketing, all that stuff. You want to see Key? Beats Noise Light, Instagram. Instagram. I, I still got to post all my shit from LA. I still haven't yeah. posted all the pictures mostly, from LA. Most, mostly graffiti and vinyl yeah. toys. Yeah, a little bit of that. Not dildos, but like. No, yeah, no, no. <laughs> Some dildos. Art toys. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, see you next week. Grill. How long steak, mister? Five minutes out. Eat a dick, bitch. <laughs> <laughs>